Techniques in Spiritual Warfare. In this video, we will cover several techniques in spiritual warfare. Many of the techniques may be new to you, so pay close attention and have an open mind. First of all, you won't be very successful in spiritual warfare until you know the answer to these two questions. Who am I? And what do I do? To answer the first question, take your finger and point it upwards and say, I am God's son. Now point your finger forward and say, I am man's servant. Now point your finger down and say, I am the devil's master. Once again, who are you? I am God's son, I am man's servant, and I'm the devil's master. Now to answer the second question, what do I do, point your finger up and say, I exalt God. Pointing forward, say, I exhort man. And pointing down, say, I exile the devil. Once again, what do you do? I exalt God, I exhort man, and I exile the devil. This is who you are and what you do. Technique number one, full body prayer. When most people pray, they are only using one part of their body, their tongue. In full body prayer, you use everything, your hands, your feet, your imagination, instruments like a shofar or flags, using others to pray in agreement, even using your shout. But is this biblical? Let's look at Exodus 17:11, where it says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Strangely, God determined that the victory for Moses was in the position of his hands. And do you remember the Jericho shout? Let's look at Joshua 6.20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. God determined that the victory for Joshua was in the trumpets and their shouts. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, don't be afraid to use full body prayer. Especially use your imagination. When you're praying, see in your mind what you're praying come true. If you're praying for healing, see the person healed in your mind. If you're praying for deliverance, see the demonic enemy being thrown down and crushed. If you've ever seen a Nigerian prayer meeting, it can look like a war zone. They use everything they can in spiritual warfare. In one Nigerian prayer meeting, I actually felt sorry for the enemy, thinking, 
They're getting their teeth kicked in. They're getting absolutely pulverized. Nigerians take warfare very seriously. So let's practice full body prayer. Imagine in your mind an ugly and grotesque demon that's been assigned to you. It's been assigned to destroy your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, your health, and your future generations. Now physically take your left hand and grab it by the throat and squeeze. Now take your right hand holding the sword of the spirit and thrust it through the demon's heart. Now throw the demon to the ground. Take your right foot and crush its head. Now rebuke it with a loud shout. Demon, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I break your power. Get out of my life. Get out of my family. I throw you into the pit in Jesus' name. Now that is full body prayer. Technique number two. Answer this question. Who's stronger, angels or demons? To find out, answer this question. What was Lucifer's job when he was in heaven? And what was the archangel Michael's job in heaven? Well, Lucifer was a worship leader back when he was in heaven. And Michael's job is a military leader, a general, a commander of the host. So which one of them fell? Which one of them was kicked out of heaven? Lucifer fell. Michael didn't. What does that mean? It means that God kept all the soldier angels, the host, the army, the experts in war. But Lucifer took all the choir boys. It is not a fair fight. The host of heaven were created by God for fighting and warfare. They are not fluffy little cloud angels that appear in many pictures. God's hosts are absolutely powerful, organized and ferocious. They are experts in warfare. They know every type of military maneuver. They work in harmony. They have every type of weapon. They are a perfect fighting army. And it's not a fair fight. They don't all look human. Some are full of fire. Some are made of electricity. Some are a weapon themselves. So get it out of your mind that Satan's demons are the ferocious and powerful spiritual beings. Because they're not. The host of heaven are ferocious and powerful. And the demons are absolutely terrified of them. Let's look at Matthew 26:53, where Jesus said, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall give me more than twelve legions of angels? This means that Jesus was able to call on the host of heaven. And so are we. One of God's names is Yahweh Tsevaot, 
the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. And one of our main spiritual weapons is to call on the host to destroy the works of the devil. The hosts are not needed to defend God's throne. There's no fighting up there, but they are needed here, and they are ready to fight. They love warfare, and they've been waiting to take down Satan's kingdom. If only a child of God would send them out. Let me give you an example of just one of the hosts. Now there are many different type of hosts different shapes, different skills, different weapons. This is just one example of the host, so we understand what we're working with. This warring angel was revealed to me and also to others. His name is Shredder. In heaven, he has a beautiful appearance similar to a waterfall of precious jewels. This warring angel could go into a demonic camp and demons would come up to him and marvel at this beautiful spectacle. But when the demons get close, each of this angel's jewels would turn into a sharp blade and he would spin round and around, turning into a tornado of blades and ripping to shreds any demon in his vicinity. Now Shredder is just one of the host. God has many different types, but you needed to see that the host are perfectly designed for warfare. It's not a hobby for them, it's their profession. And we can call on them to destroy the works of the devil. Let's look at scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.4. It says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is a demonic stronghold? Many prophets have been shown demonic strongholds around specific businesses, institutions, organizations, or government agencies. When Satan has a stronghold there, he can use that business or organization or government agency to bring darkness into this world. And the hosts are experts at tearing these down. So let's practice this second technique in spiritual warfare, sending the host. Stand up and declare this with me. Father, in Jesus name, I command the host of heaven to destroy the work of the devil in my city, in my country. I command the host to pull down every stronghold, every high place of Satan in my city and in my country. Scatter the enemy, rip them up, pulverize them, throw them down and crush them. I command the host to destroy any demonic plot or plan against me my family, my church, my city or country. Utterly defeat the enemy, strip them, ruin them, throw them down and have fun doing it in Jesus name. Technique number three. 
The Breakthrough Mentality If you want to be successful in spiritual warfare, you need to develop the breakthrough mentality. This is the mentality that says, you're going to fight until you win. You're not going to give up. You don't accept defeat. You're going to do whatever is necessary to defeat the devil. My friend was once shown a vision that helps explain this mentality. She saw in her vision a dark cloud over an area filled with evil spirits. And there were Christians underneath this cloud praying. As the Christians prayed, they would ascend upward toward the dark cloud, pressing into it. But only those Christians that would pray hard and continually would break through the dark cloud and go above it. The rest of the Christians who gave up too soon, who didn't break through, would eventually fall back down to earth underneath the cloud. The Christians who would break through the dark cloud would have victory over the enemy and victory over their circumstances. But those who would fall back down would always be dealing with their circumstances, trying just to maintain. Therefore, a determination to break through in prayer is critical. Another friend of mine was shown a similar vision. She saw that when Christians prayed, a sword would start developing in front of their mouth. At first the sword was small, but as they prayed through, as they prayed with faith and determination, the sword would get bigger and bigger. When they were finished, an angel would then take the sword and go fight on behalf of that prayer. So the question is, do you want a little sword coming out of your mouth and attack the devil with a toothpick? Or do you want a big sword coming out and do real damage to the kingdom of darkness? So in prayer, don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged. Don't be lazy. You must overcome in prayer. If you want to be successful in spiritual warfare, you're going to need to pray hard, pray with faith, focus and determination, and don't give up. You must have the breakthrough mentality. Technique number four. Here's a question. Do you remember the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment? What happened to her? She was healed. But how was she healed? Jesus didn't pray for her. Jesus didn't even know who it was. How could she have possibly been healed? What is that power? That was the power of the anointing. From Isaiah 10:27, we learn that the yoke is destroyed by the anointing. God's anointing can destroy any of Satan's chains, bonds, or yokes. And as Christians, you have this anointing on the inside. You just need to release it. Where should you release it? Here are some stories that may interest you. 
In the spiritual realm, the anointing has the appearance of fire. One prophet was shown a Christian in the future, going into a hospital, putting his hand on a wall, and releasing the anointing. Soon the anointing spread over the entire hospital. It was totally engulfed in the anointing, and every patient was healed. In another story, a certain minister was approached by a Christian who told the minister about a family member that needed deliverance. Strangely, the minister asked the person, what kind of candy does this person like? When the minister found out, he got a bag of this candy, put it in his pocket, prayed over it, released the anointing into it, and told the Christian to give it to their family member. The family member got delivered by eating the candy. The anointing does not wear off. You can't wash it off. It doesn't fade, but it does spread. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. There's a story of a minister who released the anointing into the wheels of his car. And the Lord showed him that he was leaving fire tracks wherever he drove. You should release it anywhere that will reach people and any place the enemy might be using. You can release it into movie theaters, into an unbeliever's bed, into doorknobs, into food, into bars or temples or strip clubs. You can even release it into people's hands when you shake hands with them. If you want to be strategic, you can go into jewelry stores that are full of idols, pendants, charms, bracelets, rings, Buddha beads, carved images, and release the anointing on everything. The store doesn't even need to know what you're doing. It's much harder for the devil to work through something once God's fire is all over it. So let's practice releasing the anointing. It's quick and simple. Just put your hand on something, a chair, a table, a cup, a wall, something, and repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I stir up, activate, and release the anointing into this item. Now picture in your mind God's holy fire totally covering that item. Technique number five. You can't be very effective in spiritual warfare if you have sin in your life. These pictures explain it all. This man is trying to run his race, but he's tied down by sin. This man is being strangled by sin. And this man is totally tied up in bondage. Sin gives the devil power over a person. Think about the Titanic. It had many sections, many levels, many corridors, many rooms. So how many rips in the hull did it take to sink the ship? Only one. 
from that one rip poured in all the water that was needed to sink the entire ship. The same with sin. Having a perpetual sin in your life will open you up to more and more demonic attack. If you're watching pornography or doing masturbation, if you can't control your lusts or you can't control your rage or addiction or rebellion to authority, then you're not ready. Getting into spiritual warfare will be like stirring up a bee's nest. If you want to win in spiritual warfare, your flesh needs to be crucified. Your self-will needs to be surrendered to Jesus. Those who pick up their cross will overcome. So technique number five, get the sin out of your life. As a Christian, you need to know the difference between power and authority. Imagine a simple traffic officer at an intersection and along comes a huge truck. Now which one of them has power and which one of them has authority? The truck has power but the traffic officer has authority. The officer's authority means that with one call he can bring in all the power he needs. An armored vehicle, a SWAT team, snipers, troops, whatever is needed. Authority is greater than power. Though Satan may have some power in this world, Jesus gave us authority over his kingdom. As it says in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So never forget, Christians have authority in the spiritual realm. Technique number six, binding and loosing. In Matthew 16, 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is a great weapon in spiritual warfare. Jesus said in Mark 3:27 that we must first bind up the strong man before we plunder his goods. Before you do any kingdom work, you must first bind up the devil. Otherwise, demonic forces will just continue to interfere with your work. Let's practice this technique together. Stand up and declare this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I bind up any demonic forces, any evil spirits, any strong man that is attacking me or my family or my church or my city. I bind it up. I rebuke it and cast it down in Jesus' name. You can also use binding to bind God's kingdom to your soul, which can be very beneficial when doing ministry. For example, 
If you find yourself tired and confused, distracted, and procrastinating while doing ministry, you can use the keys of the kingdom to bind focus, self-control, alertness, discipline, etc. to your soul. Let's practice. Stand up and declare this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, by my free will, I bind to my soul discipline, focus, alertness, self-control, stopping procrastination, and enthusiasm. In Jesus' name. More about binding and loosing can be seen in this other video. Technique number seven. Praying in tongues. The prayer language. Most people that work in spiritual warfare operate with the gift of praying in tongues. This spiritual gift is very powerful and useful in spiritual warfare. If you don't have the gift, you need to get it. And if you already have the gift, you need to use it. The gift will edify you, making you spiritually stronger for warfare. There isn't enough time in this video to explain how to get the gift. Here is another video to explain that. Technique number eight, taking the atmosphere. Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, 23. And it came to pass that when the evil spirit was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and well, and the evil spirit departed from him. As we can see from this verse, evil spirits do not like the praise and worship of God. The praise and worship of God opens portals to heaven, inviting God's presence. In Psalms 22, 3, we see that God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. This is why many Christians will leave praise and worship music playing in their home all day. It doesn't need to be loud and blaring, but leaving it on continually invites God's presence into a certain area. I would recommend leaving a praise and worship radio station playing in your house, or have a device continually playing praise and worship MP3s or having a YouTube praise and worship channel playing on your computer. I have an Alexa device in my house, and before I go to bed, I tell it, play praise and worship music, and then set the volume to a level that won't interfere with my sleeping. However you do it, keep God's praise and worship music or scripture continually broadcasting in your area. Technique number nine, praying God's word. In Hebrews 4.12, we learn that God's word is powerful and effective, living and active. In Isaiah 55.11, it says that God's word does not come back void. 
All Christians need to learn to pray God's word. Declare it, proclaim it, pronounce it, release it, and use it in prayer. There are many great scripture verses you can use for spiritual warfare. You need to have them memorized at the tip of your tongue. Here are some of the verses that I use in spiritual warfare. You can pause the video and learn them or download them. Technique number 10. Most people that engage in spiritual warfare already know about these two main weapons, the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. There's power in God's name and it can drive away evil spirits. It can destroy the works of the devil. And the blood of Jesus can break Satan's yokes, can cut off demonic access, can pulverize evil spirits, it can bring healing and cleanse a person. If you ever engage in spiritual warfare, never forget these powerful assets, the name and the blood. Technique number 11, strategic times. In the parable of the weeds, at Matthew 13 25 Jesus said while we were sleeping my enemy planted his seeds this tells us that the devil does his main work at night while most Christians are asleep and nobody is watching or praying some people refer to this as the witches hour the time late at night when they are casting their spells, conjuring demons, and releasing curses. Therefore, nighttime is a very strategic time to pray, when the fighting is the most needed and intense. If you're battling serious demonic attacks and oppression, if you're struggling for a move of God in your region, you may need to pray at strategic times. You may need to confront the enemy during the witch's hour. I hope you benefited from this video. All pictures, slides, and materials for this video can be found at this link. Take what you've learned and become a fierce overcomer in spiritual warfare. Now get out there and fight! <laughs>